All right, guys, welcome back to the Run It Back podcast. I am your host, Joy. Alongside with me, as always, is Wes. How has your weekend today been today, Wes? Probably one of the best damn weekends of my life. <laughs> uh, you know, um, you and I got together over the weekend to do some in-person covering for our uh, content for the channel. Yes, sir. And uh, the uh, library account on Spotify, and on top of that, um you know we got to witness greatness two days in a row and it's great that we get to come together tonight and talk about it absolutely absolutely and one of the results um although god save the queen wasn't really playing at the end of a victor it was more the the mexican uh fans and the mexican national anthem it it was a really good weekend you know we still we still had yeah we were pretty much two for two on our predictions, but uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so today uh, was the Spanish Grand Prix um, held in Barcelona, Circuit de Barcelona, Catalonia. Uh, so yeah, uh, and overall, Wes, how did you feel about today's race? Um, I'm going to quote South Park here, Joy. Mercedes engineers, smart, smart, smart. Red Bull engineers, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely that that's pretty much the big headline right like um you know i, I guess there was a there was a quote that crofty said you know does history repeat itself and it it pretty much did right uh it was pretty much the same scenario in 2019 hungary i believe it's 2019 uh yeah it is 2019 that is correct yeah yeah and so yeah um that that's pretty much the big headline, right? Uh, a big mistake by the Red Bull um, garage or the Red Bull engineers, the Red Bull strategists today. Um, pretty much, you know, Max Verstappen was was incredible. Uh, took P one into T one at lap one, and so you know it was a dream scenario start for them. But uh, let's get into it, Wes. Um, let's let's first start with the qualifying, right? Big story out of qualifying, Lewis Hamilton, 100th pole. Yeah, it's quite historic, right? Um, never has anyone imagined 100 poles uh, for any driver. Right. You know, because Senna didn't do it. Schumacher didn't do it. Right. And, you know, we all knew where Lewis was. And prior to even, even 99 was already a lot. Right. Right. And, um, for him to reach triple digits, especially at a time where he's still at his peak. Uh, and we're the generation, I guess, to see that. That's nothing short of amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And um, just, you know, for all the listeners, here's a little bit of preference. Lewis Hamilton now is, he's pretty much been the leader in qualifying in pole positions uh, for the past couple seasons. He has 100 right now. Second place is Michael Schumacher with, I believe, 68. He only has 68 poles. So that tells you how great of a qualifying uh, Lewis Hamilton is. I know George Russell is Mr. Saturday, but at at the very moment, Lewis Hamilton is pretty much the king of qualifying. But uh, yeah, um, pretty much right behind him, Max Verstappen at Red Bull, right? It was so close. Uh, it was within one-tenth of a second, but not fully you know there for the pole uh valtteri bottas comes in in third and then 
you know, big surprise, Charles Leclerc. Uh, and then right behind him is Esteban Ocon, followed by Carlos Sainz, Ricardo, Perez, Norris, and Alonso. So, Wes, who, who was the biggest surprise for you in qualifying? Esteban Ocon, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Not only did he split the Ferraris, he was just that much further up the line than his teammate, Fernando Alonso. I believe that's three in a row. That is right? that is three in a row, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've never seen uh Fernando get uh, qualified like this. Um perhaps he's struggling a little bit with the car, but yeah, it was very interesting to to watch. Um but yeah, well, did you want to add on? Yeah, um also Charles Leclerc, right? Um he managed to put the car in an area where I guess the trend would suggest that a mclaren would be there right right but lo and behold it wasn't right absolutely and and by the way i mean the top four position should belong to red bull or mercedes right and then unfortunately sergio perez qualified in eighth but charles leclerc was able to upstage him into fourth um but yeah yeah absolutely i i completely agree uh you know charles is driving the wheels off of that car but so is esteban which is um which is which is really good because a lot of some of these cars are really strong in qualifying however in the race they look a little bit slower but uh yeah let's get into who was your biggest disappointment in the race wes not in the race in the qualifying i'm sorry i was about to ask i was like we're already jumping into the race <laughs> um i would probably say lando oh okay lando lando and maybe sonoda Nice. Okay. Because for Lando, right? I maybe it is because we're we're in love with the concept of him being that much higher in the grid because of his form. Right. But at the same time, you know, I'm one of those people that's fully invested in McLaren being the third best team on the grid. And of course, you know, in order to secure that, you need to have performances that demonstrate as such. Right. Um and of course at a track like Circuit de Catalunya, where your grid position actually pretty much would determine more than half of what your race result would be. Right. It kind of is very discouraging to have the car not where you would want it to be, which is close as close as possible to the Mercedes and the Red Bull. Um, as for Sonoda, I mean, again, yeah, you're technically the first driver and. I felt like his um, post-race interview um, did not help his cause at all. Yeah, it did not. Yeah. Because he seemed like he's blaming the team, the car or right. the team. Yeah. And it's like, no, dude, uh, you know, how does Pierre Gasly, who's perceived to be the second driver on the team, be better than you? Well, well, that's the and thing. And it's, right? it's almost the same car. Right, right. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, um... I was about to say, just uh, for me, my biggest disappointment was just the Alpha Tauri boys uh, for qualifying, right? Because Gasly was P12 and Sonoda was P16. And yeah, uh, let's talk about it for a sec. Uh, Jensen Button did kind of call out Yuki Sonoda saying that, you know, a lot of the, the things that he said post quali, um, he should keep it behind doors, right? You, you don't want to put this out on the public because it, it makes the team look bad. And Franz Toss, the the principal of Avatari, is notorious for disliking drivers that immediately call out the team. 
you know, and Franz Toss is not a guy to be messing around with, especially in that Alpha Tauri or the Red Bull hierarchy. Um, you know, and so, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a bad, bad decision for Yuki. I hope he, he, he learns from it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you just, you're just not in the performance, the same performance as your, your teammate, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's all the car. No, absolutely. And, um, and you know, the thing that we're taught as people, right. Own up to your mistakes. Right. You would think that because Sonoda's in Formula One, he'd be able to do that. Right. What he needs to realize is that this is not Formula Two anymore. Right. You probably would have been able to get away with that at Formula Two, but you you can't get away with that here in yeah, Formula yeah, yeah. One. Yeah. Um, in any professional sport, right? right? Not just Formula One, right? Like, think about the sport that we cover, uh, boxing, uh, and think about the major sports across the world. If a player were to be outspoken like that that's going to cause problems for not only that athlete but for that team as well so you know and the whole world is watching on top of that yeah yeah so, absolutely he needs to he needs to be better um yeah he's he's a very uh emotional very colorful character and that's cool and all but at the same time it's like at some point you know that that's gonna actually hurt the team rather than um give it flavor yeah yeah, I, I completely agree with you, uh, Wes. Um, that that was pretty much also, I, I believe, the second biggest story um, out of qualifying. But uh, yeah, uh, soon we'll talk about the race. But uh, for now, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in a couple. Welcome back, guys, to the Run It Back podcast. We just took a small break. We recently just spoke about um, qualifying and the results and how we reacted to them. Now we're going to focus a little bit more on the race. And... The race, um, well, it had mixed results, right? A lot of people on social media thought that the race was kind of boring. It, it, it was definitely, but then, you know, Mercedes kind of threw that that good old strategy, right, to, to kind of throw everyone off. And it, I believe it even caught off, cut, caught um, Red Bull off guard. And so, yeah, uh, your thoughts, Wes, overall in the race I think we just witnessed greatness again. doesn't matter if they're the quote-unquote second-best car in the, on the grid. Um, you know, that, that all that talk about Red Bull being this, Red Bull being that, Mercedes just proved that that's uh, BS, man. Right. And, um, you know, holy cow. And I was like, it, I mean, that's probably more legwork than Mercedes <laughs> would have preferred to do. Yeah. Right? Uh, especially losing the position after the first turn. Right. But, oh man, that was pure execution. And of course, you know, if there's a person that can just push cars to their absolute limits, or maybe even past that, <laughs> it's Lewis. And man, you know, that was just, that was just a, that was just a great checkmate move on the, on the behalf of the Brackley outfit. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, history repeated itself. Um, you would think that Red Bull would learn from their mistakes when 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 Max is out in the front and it was originally planned to be a two-stop race. Why would you try and stretch out a one-stop? 
uh, you know, it, it's never going to work, especially, you know, Mercedes is just way too smart. They're, they're always ready for any kind of scenario. And it surprised me, actually. I, I did not expect Lewis to dart into the pits, especially, you know, usually we would get um those radio messages that would warn us, oh, box, box. We, we didn't get any of that. And so I, I think I think this is why Mercedes is just on top, right? Whenever they, they plan on something, they're not going to let anyone else know. Um, and, of course, Lewis gives those subtle, false, I wouldn't say false information of his tires being dead. And, you know, and then as he puts fastest laps. But, yeah, um, overall, I think it was a okay race. I, I would rate it like a 3 out of 5. Um, it definitely picked up a lot more towards the end. Um but yeah, I just thought Max was going to run away with it. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what Rebel were thinking. They, they knew that they weren't going to last on those mediums and they still pushed it. So yeah, it, it was an incredible race. Um, I can't believe that it happened again, but hopefully it doesn't happen again. Hopefully Red Bull learned from their mistakes. Yeah, we'll see. I mean... To be fair uh, to Mercedes, even uh, before that surprise uh, pit stop, it looked like they were on pace, uh, or Lewis was at least uh, on pace to catch Verstappen anyway. Right. Um, but of course, you know, pressure tires, and maybe maybe somewhere over the airwaves, Bono yelled hammer time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. hammer time came through, and there was nothing, um, you know, Max could do about it. Uh I remember the announcers uh, kept saying, I'm coming for you in Dutch over the course of the weekend. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that didn't last long, did it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whatever the term was got overshadowed by hammer time. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was incredible. Uh, it was incredible. And then, um, of course, we had this... Uh, something just I want to bring up. Something happened during the race that I've never seen before. Um, I didn't even know this was a normal thing, but um, Total Wolf was on the radio to the FIA telling them that, you know, he was complaining about Mazepin slowing down Hamilton. And that was so unique because I never thought that Toto was also in like, you know, connected to a radio to the FIA. Of course, like he's a team principal. I get that, you know, they wouldn't communicate a lot, but I just thought it was more of a, there was some guy that is from the FIA right next to him that he calls upon when he, whenever, you know, the team is unsatisfied. I just didn't think it was going to be a radio, but now I guess it all makes sense. But I think there should be more, a little bit more of that if, if, if there are more. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. And um, in a way, a part of me just feels like the whole competition is out to get Mazepin. <laughs> So it, it, in a way, it, it just kind of yeah. uh, made for good TV. But at the same time, you know, like, yeah, I, I, if I was Toto Wolf, I'd be upset too. Yeah. Um, Lewis's lead could have been a whole lot bigger um, had he had not gotten in the way of Lewis. So, you know, I think Red Bull owes something to Mazepin a little bit there. Right. But at the same time, Mazepin did something that is pretty much not in the good graces of uh formula one racing well, well it's funny that you brought that up because um it seemed there for a second that valtteri bottas 
teammate of Lewis Hamilton was sort of ignoring team orders and made it a little bit more difficult for Lewis to pass him because he was he was fighting back. He was turning in to Lewis. And so I, I love that it cu- the camera cut straight to Toto Wolf and he was displeased. Of course you would be. And yeah, uh, I don't know what Bottas is doing. He's definitely not if he if he continues to do this, I don't see why Toto would, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was interesting. You know what? Maybe there will be two teams that are going to be doing a half season cut. Hmm. Mm. I didn't like that either. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing. I right? mean, I I I I liked how the move <laughs> that Hamilton did on Baltas because it goes to show that Hamilton's that much better. Right. But at the same time, you know, he didn't have to do that, especially if, yeah. you know, Bo- even Botas knew that uh, Hamilton was faster than him. Right. Like, what? Did you all of a sudden think you were going to gain 10 seconds all of a sudden, Botas? No. Well, no, yeah. you weren't going to win the race anyway yeah, yeah, if, you, if you held up uh, Lewis. Well, so, yeah. I mean, not, yeah, not only that, like, there were different strategies. Hamilton was going for the win. Botas was, you know, at best going for second. I mean, and Bottas, you know, obviously is going to... But that's the thing, right? That's the big argument. If you put Russell in there mid-season, I mean, there there could be a difference, right? Like where Russell is going to be contending four wins instead of second place and third place, you know? So it, he might be a little bit more stubborn to, to deal with. Whereas Valtteri, you kind of know where he's going to finish up. Um, and so... Yeah, yeah, it, it's a tough decision to call for Mercedes, but a, a good. I would just do it. I would do it if um, Lewis locks it up a little bit early. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, right? Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, if Lewis locks it up, and you know, there's probably like six, seven races left, which I don't think that's gonna be. I think Max is gonna come back some sometime. Uh. But yeah, uh, I think that's a that's a great idea. I think that's an option that they're probably prepared to make. Um, but yeah, uh, Wes, real quick, biggest disappointment in the race. Sonoda, no doubt about it. Mm, yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, I think uh, yeah, you know he it just this is the season. Oh, it is the season. This is a weekend. He's he definitely wants to forget. Um, Unfortunately, the next track is considered to be the most difficult track in the in the Formula One calendar in Monaco. So hopefully he can turn it around. Maybe, you know, he, he likes Monaco a little bit better. But yeah, it, it, all around it was just um it was just a disappointing weekend for, for Sonoda. Yeah. Um, overall this point in weekend, the comments didn't help. And then of course, you know, it's about the cherry on top. His car dies in that, um, newly profiled, uh, turn 10. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And forcing a safety car. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, I mean, that safety car yeah. did kind of help, um, you know, bunch the pack back up, but you know, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, it, it doesn't look good for Sonoda at the moment. He doesn't have the best starts. Uh, he doesn't have the greatest of starts as he's had in Formula 2 or Formula 3, but yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, the, the biggest surprise, Wes, for you. 
Charles Leclerc. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. he willed that Ferrari to P4. <laughs> and man, I understand that, you know, Ferrari is on a growing and improving and competing type of uh, year. But man, I think Leclerc is just pulling out wonders. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to slight Carlos signs or anything like that, but you know, time and time again, Leclerc is proving that this is his team and that he, he is pivotal to um, Ferrari's success if they want to get back up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, right. I, I've always believed that Charles Leclerc was, almost at that level of Max Verstappen if you give him a good car, uh, a car that's good enough to, to challenge. But, you know, at the moment, yeah, he, he's right there. He's knocking on the door of a podium. And so that that would be amazing for Ferrari, um, even though, you know, we bash on Ferrari a lot in this show. Um, I think it, it's good to see them climb climb back up. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for our show uh, tonight for at, running back, at Run It Back podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the No Decision podcast where we discuss uh, Billy Joe Saunders versus Canelo and pretty much the biggest fights that are coming up in boxing and the uh, boxing landscape. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Thank you guys, and we'll see you next week.